Hey, everybody. Welcome to Timmy Time. It's Timmy. It is that time of the week again. It's time with your favorite fishing guy. Yeah, maybe not so much just yet, right? Maybe maybe once you get to know me a little more. So look, I thought I would do something a little different with this podcast. Uh, first and foremost, this is a lot harder than I thought it was going to be. I thought I was just going to be able to rock up here with my mic and my my setup and just start yakking and that it was going to be great. Turns out that it's actually a lot harder than I thought. I have so much more appreciation for folks that can put on a good podcast. Just all the things you don't really think about, your, your mouth sounds, you know, just meaningful content that's something that somebody might actually want to listen to. You know, I look back to my first uh, listen to back to my first podcast around, you know, trailering the boat down to the coast. Oh my God, so boring. Uh, if you listened to that and liked it, uh, you know, I'm going to do so much better, uh, right? I'm going to really try to change this up. So I thought one of the first things I should probably do is is really talk to you about who I am. So if we're going to have this relationship, I mean, you're going to listen to me talk about fishing and you're going to buy into the, you know, who I am and, and, it's probably something that we I should probably tell you a little bit about myself and give you some perspective on why is it that I love fishing so much, how I got into fishing and what it really, really means to me. And so if I do that, I think you might have uh, you know more of a reason to listen to me, right? The, the fact that I fished at the coast for 39 years and you know, I, I, I'm somewhat funny every now and then, may, maybe something that's appealing. I don't know I've, if I'm really that funny. If you talk to my wife, she doesn't think I'm funny at all. Uh, no, that's not true. But uh, so look, I'm going to, I'm going to wind the clock back just a little bit and I'm going to talk about, you know, how I got into fishing, you know, a little bit of how I wound up in Corpus Christi to begin with and, and just a little bit about myself in hopes that, you know, maybe this connects with you in some way and, and can connect the dots between, you know, fishing the Texas coast, what fishing really means to me, and and why you would want to listen to this podcast and get something from it. So so let's wind the clock back. Uh, first and foremost, you 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 know, I should tell you that I've been adopted. Uh, you know, officially the when I was thirteen, the first time when I was seven, kind of pseudo. Uh, my maternal mother was fifteen years old when I was born. She was living in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Uh, she happened to be on a trip to visit. Uh, a sick relative in, in, in Jackson, Mississippi, and there's a whole long story behind that. I'm not going to get in that uh, into that too much. Uh, it was her great aunt and uh, I'm sorry, her aunt and uncle, my great aunt and uncle. Their son was very sick. He was 15 years old, playing football, complained of a knee injury. Uh, went into the doctor and, you know, like a week later, they took his leg at the hip. He had, you know, bone cancer. And so he was dying. And so my mom went to visit him. His name was Little John before he passed away. And so while she was there, she went into labor and I was born. And like I said, there's a whole backstory to this. Uh, eventually, I wound up, those were the people that adopted me, you know, Little John's parents and Millie Orr and John. They eventually became my my parents, you know, my adopted parents. and 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 they lived in you know, Jackson, Mississippi at the time, but later on they moved to Corpus Christi. And so, but for now, let's just settle on the fact that, you know, my mother was there. She was visiting them. She went into labor. I was born. She stayed with them about a week. Um, the little, you know, the boy died. 
and then she returned to Louisiana, to Louisiana. So there I lived. Uh, the second thing you should know is that you know my family and that family was incredibly poor. The folks in Louisiana. So my you know, and we lived in trailer parks. So my grandmother, my great grandmother, uh, my uncle and aunt uh, and my mom all lived in the same trailer park in Baton Rouge, at least where I remember. And it was it was called Great Oaks Trailer Park. And it's basically on I-10, uh, right by the Salvation Army and what we call Airline Highway. So if you 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 know anything about Louisiana or Baton Rouge, like I-10 and Airline Highway area. Uh, not a terrible place back in the 70s when I was, you know, I was a kid. So this would have been 1975-6-ish time frame all the way up until you know I was seven years old. And at this time of my life, you know, I, I would say that you know I it was pretty sterile stereotypical of a poor family. We all lived in the same trailer park. And it, if I told you stories leading up to it, you would probably say, yeah, that's pretty bad. Uh and some some bad things did happen to me. That's eventually why I wound up in 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 Corpus for the first time when I was seven. But up until this time you know, it was it was pretty bad. It was it wasn't like the worst thing ever. Uh, you, the the third thing I will tell you is that I hold no ill will towards my maternal mother. She lives in San Antonio. I love her. Uh, my aunts and uncles, anyone in my family, I have I have no ill will towards any of these people. Uh, they're wonderful. I'm still in touch with them. You know, I don't. I just don't have or hold anything. Um, you know, uh, uh, against them. That you know, I just I just think it was a bad situation. So, okay, so imagine we're all in this trailer park, and I'll put this up on my Instagram and, and Facebook or wherever, you know, to, to show you. I'm going to do a little map of this so you can see where all this is, and I'll show you the trailers we lived in and, and, the, and so on and so forth. But behind that trailer park was a pond, and I don't know what it's actually referred to, if, like, there's, a like, a name for it, but the name we used, my family used, was called Old Man Willie's Pond. And so whatever... You know, I was able and I was, for whatever reason, was having a bad day or, you know, things weren't going my way. You know, I was going fishing at Old Man Willie's Pond. And so, you know, we had, my uncle had like the the really expensive rods and reels back in that day, which were the, like the Zebco 309s, right? I couldn't use them anyway, uh, but we did have cane poles. And what I mean by a cane pole is like a long piece of cane and, you know, has a metal clip in the middle, you know, like a, a, a male and female part, you connect them together. So I would get my cane pole back behind the trailer park it was like this big hill. And we used to ride our bikes and do all kind of crazy shit off that hill. But on the other side of it was, you know, some, some beds and things. And I knew where to dig worms. And, and so I would go dig worms and I would catch crickets and so on and so forth. And I would go fish old man's Willie's pond. And I would make my way around that pond back and forth all the way around. And, and, and we would, you know, I would catch brim and small bass and sockele, if you know what that is, um, you know, all, all kinds of stuff. And what I realized is that that place, as I reflect back on it, was kind of my sanctuary. And, you know, even as a small child, a six, seven-year-old kid, I could realize that nature was at its best when I was there and present, but not disturbing. And so it became something I just liked to be there. And the thought or the thrill of catching a fish was the bonus. And But it was the peace. It was the time to reflect. It was, you know, sometimes I would be there crying, standing on the side of the coast, uh, on the side of the coast, on the side of the pond, fishing. 
and you know, scary things would happen to me. There was, you know, there were snakes and and a couple of not at Old Melon Willie's Pond and some of the others we had fish at. There were alligators and those kind of things. And I just think we remember one time fishing and uh, you know a uh, a water moccasin you know bit a hold of the brim that I was pulling in and uh, absolutely terrifying as a small kid, right? And so uh, for whatever reason, I'm you know pulling it in and trying to get it off my line and somehow it lets go of the fish, but gets hooked. And so I have to take it off by myself. And if you don't know this, a water moccasin has a very white mouth. They're called cotton mouth. And I could distinctly remember that stupid cotton mouth coming after me. And, uh, you know, it, it was, it was terrifying, but those were the things that happened and they made me probably a, a lot more mature young kid, probably way more mature than I should have been at that age. Some of the other things that were happening in my life probably, you know, escalated my uh, rate of maturity. And so I was a very kind of in the moment, immature in a lot of ways, but mature in other ways kind of kid. And so I fell in love with fishing. I love it. And, and we would fish Old Man Willie's Pond, and there was a, a thing called Hurricane Creek. And on the other side was a bigger lake. It was fed by, you know, the canal. And, and, and later on, I would go and fish that, and I would have rods and reels, and I would go and do that. All the way up, is, is as old as I can remember, seven, I came to Texas, went back when I was 13, 14. And some of, I'll show you some of the places I, I, I lived. Wound up in Juvenile Hall for Assault with a Deadly Weapon when I was around 13. You know, just so much things going on, but fishing was always there. It was all my, always my salvation. You know, fast forward to now, you know, I, I, you know, I, uh, or, or fast forward to being adopted and moving to the Texas coast. They put me in private school. You know, I, I couldn't actually speak very well. So the seventh grade or whatever, I was probably at a second or third grade lead reading level. And while I don't have like a big coon ass accent, that's an endearing word for someone from Louisiana. So if you don't know what a coon ass is, it's not anything racial or anything like that. It's it's actually an endearing term for a Cajun. Um, and, I, you know, I, I, I couldn't speak, really. So they put me in speech therapy. That's why I don't have much of an accent. Maybe I do. Maybe if you're from the Northeast or something, you might listen to me and go, oh, my God, you have this crazy accent. Not so much. I don't think I do. Uh, so anyway, I, I, I lived in uh, Corpus. And man, I started fishing those waters from the, the second I got there. I have memories of fishing, you know, all around Portland. We lived in Ingleside, so that's where they lived at the time. Uh, I think Avenue A. Uh, there's a little wanky part in the street. We lived two houses down in, in Avenue A, and it, you know, it was a it was a paradise for a kid like me. You know, there were horses. Uh, my, you know, we would fish. We'd go to the Sanderas out there in Ingleside. They still exist to this day. We'd go all the way to the bay on Ingleside on horseback. Uh, you know, I just, I just loved it so much. And you know, to me, fishing has become something that is so much more than just catching a fish. Now, now, don't get me wrong. There's no nothing. There's absolutely nothing wrong with going fishing and and catching fish. I love catching fish. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but there's nothing wrong with just going in and catching. But to me, it's it's so much more. You, there's so much more of an experience of fishing. It's about you know mental health. It's about self re re reflection. It's about finding an internal peace, a balance between yourself and and you know everything else that's going on in your life. It's camaraderie with friends and people that you you like to spend time with. Uh, but 
you know, it's it's about all of those things and, and experiencing nature in a different way, being a part of nature as opposed to affecting nature. Uh, the other part of it to me is about conservation. And really now it's really about conservation. You know, I'm going to do a podcast this week about the proposed changes by Texas Parks and Wildlife. I went to their public hearing. Uh, I listened to, you know, what they're proposing for the changes in March this year for the bag limits on spe- uh, speckled uh, speckled trout. And, uh, and, and look, I'll, I'll do a podcast on that and, and what they're talking about. Uh, but but in, in terms of conservation, I just want to I want to double click on that a little bit. What do I mean by conservation? Well, conservation in general terms means preserving, conserving the fishery, specifically in this example, for not only my future fishing and your future fishing in our lifetime, but our kids and their kids and your kids and their, you know, our grandchildren and, and so on and so forth. We really need to think about strategies to protect that fishery. There's more guides, there's more fishermen, there's just more of everything in, in our lives. And and so I really think about fishing and and you know mental health and the, the great things that I get from fishing. And I think cons- conservation. And and you have to understand. That everything that we do while we're at the coast, if you're a kayak fisherman, a bank fisherman, or someone like me, you know, I fish out of a boat. I have a 24 mod V shallow sport uh, that I keep down in Rockport. So every time that we step into that water, every time we launch a boat, every time that we we wade a flat, every time that you pull around a flat, every time that you you run your boat across a grass flat, everything that you're doing. In that environment, literally everything, every time you catch a fish, every time you release a fish, everything that you're doing is having an impact on that environment. Now, what you have to consider, is it a bad impact or is it an acceptable impact? And at what rate does it become negative? There's just so much to it. But conservation is critical. We really need to think about conservation. And I would encourage you that if you love fishing and and it's so much more about catching fish to you, then get involved in conservation and, and play an active role. Be a part of protecting the fishery. But but look, you know, I just wanted to share some of this with you. I wanted to talk about, you know, my love for fishing and, and hopefully connect you with, you know, something I might have to say about how to go catch fish. And, you know, my experiences in 39 years of fishing from, you know, some somewhere around I think the furthest I've gone is Port O'Connor once or twice, but primarily from Aransas Bay all the way to the land cut. Most of my my experience is the Laguna Madre and the lower Laguna Madre and, and probably Aransas Pass and Eagle Sides, probably second, Aransas Bay third. Anything north of Aransas Bay is very limited. So you folks up uh, south of Galveston and Matagorda, East Matagorda and all those things, you know, I just don't have a tremendous amount of experience up there. Uh, I do fish a lot of offshore. And, you know, when, when summer comes around and those seas lay down offshore, that water starts getting blue. That blue water starts sucking up closer to the, to the shore. Man, I'm going to be tarpon fishing. I'm going to be king fishing. I'm going to be smack fishing. I love Spanish mackerel fishing. You know, I have memories of going out to Bob Hall Pier in the middle of the summer and, and just, you know, cranking speck rigs and and uh, gotcha lures and gold spoon, silver spoon off the side that, you know, that pier. Uh just so many memories of offshore fishing. So, but in the summer, I'll be offshore fishing quite a bit. I, I you know, I just don't fish as much inshore um, unless unless the weather's bad offshore, unless the seas are you know above two two to three feet. 
you know, I'll be in short. So look, I'm going to talk to you about all the different things that I experience and trying to figure out how and, and where to go to catch fish and who I'm listening to and who I really, you know, I, I'm not going to tell you not to listen to someone because I think that's rude and I'm just not a rude person, but I'm going to tell you, you know, give you some strategies to try to figure out what's really going on. It's really not that hard. I think people overthink fishing way too much. They try to be over super over analytical, uh, analytical, you know, there are a lot of things that affect the fish and the bait and the, the tide, the moon, the, you know, the majors, the minors, the, 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 the pressure, the water color, bait color, bait choice, live or live or, you know, artificial. There's so many things to think about. I think we overcomplicate fishing. Just, you know, just, just step back. Let, let's get to know each other. Let me, let me tell you about things that I know and love about fishing you know, one of, one of my other nicknames is Big Fish. And so, <laughs> you know, I love to tell stories. I'm a enterprise software architect. Uh, you know, uh, right now I'm an executive at a, at a software company here in Austin, Texas. You know, I've been traveling 25 years globally for work. I've lived in, you know, a lot of places. Uh, you know, I was an expat in Australia. My family and I moved in Australia, I lived down there for a year. I fished in Australia. You know, I've fished in just about, you know, every continent I've ever been on. And, you know, I've been on quite a few. And I want to share those stories with you. Most of them are not PG-13, so may have to think about how I tell them on this podcast. I've just seen and done a lot of stuff. It's a lot of fun. Uh, I'm going to try to make this so much fun. And, and anyway, look, I just wanted to, to, to share a little bit more about who I was with you and why I think you might want to listen to me. And look, let's let's have some fun. All right. With that, I'm going to sign off and I'm going to say thank you so much for listening this far in this particular episode in this podcast. If you like what you're listening to, hit the subscribe button. It just lets me know someone's listening uh, and that you care what I have to say. And uh, you know, I'm going to use that to kind of judge. Am I am I talking about the right things and and all of that kind of stuff? So with that, I'll sign off. And, and thank you once again. And I hope you have a wonderful rest of your week. Uh, look for my next podcast. I'm going to, uh, uh, my next podcast, I'm going to talk about yeah, that, that, that session at Texas Parks and Wildlife and what they're proposing and why and what are the other things I think they, you know, they, they may be looking at longer term and so on and so forth. And, and with that, I'm going to sign off and say thank you so much. Let's go catch some fish. <laughs>